This episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast is proof that we will do anything for money. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is Attacker Brian Godsill's idea, not mine. No. Killer furniture on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello and welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, and if you are listening to this at home with the headphones on, relaxing in your living room, you may want to get up off the couch because if you learned anything about the films from this episode, (laughs) your furniture wants to kill you. (laughs) This is episode 255 and we will be talking about killer furniture movies. I know what you're saying. What the fuck? But there is killer furniture movies. Had to narrow it down for just these three. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This might just be part one, baby. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) If these were the best three, please stop. (laughs) (laughs) If this is your first time listening to Attack of the Killer podcast, I hope you brought protection because (laughs) this is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends, we get together, we pick a topic, and we discuss films within that topic. We're just friends. We're hanging out. We're talking horror movies. So there's probably going to be spoilers. Deal with it. And if you like the show, we could use your help. For just a few dollars a month, you can help these poor podcast crew people. For the amount of change you lost in your couch, Jason could get the help for his monster energy drink addiction. Andy could find a cure for his multi-celebrity personality disorder. (laughs) (laughs) And Tad can finally eat cheese. Unfortunately... Your money doesn't go to any of those things, but instead, all your money goes back into the show. Donate today by going to jointheattackers.com, and when you do, your support with your support, you can become an attacker. What's an attacker? An attacker is a supporter of the show that you can, where you can get all kinds of perks, such as bonus episodes, early access to these episodes, Videos like our series is like insane Mike's one minute top 10 list video updates, killer critiques. You can also get a membership card, official membership certificate and sticker. You get invited to exclusive events like our monthly horror hangout show and tell and watch parties. We even do those sometimes in a world. <laughs> It'll happen. You can even get shout outs on the show and website. Just like our newest attacker, Marcus Rude, from the Rude Horror Podcast. We accept a one of us. We accept a one of us. Gooba gobble, gooba gobble. We accept her, we accept her. Gooba gobble, gooba gobble. One of us. One of us. Marcus signed up for the Scream Bloody Murder tier and is now an official attacker. Marcus, you and your podcast are awesome. So awesome. Let's give it up for Marcus. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Thank right. you. <laughs> you too can get a shout out on the show and we'll totally kiss your ass by going to jointheattackers.com. <laughs> 
pick the tier to get the content you want to receive and all your support will go back into the show. Again, that site is jointheattackers.com. And now it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He has a lot in common with a shag carpet because they both have rugged good looks. Tad, everybody. <laughs> I thought you were going to make a beer joke. Hey, guys. <laughs> he hung art on the wall with nails and art screamed. Andy, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> he loves his recliner. He had it for years. You could say him and his recliner go way back. <laughs> Jason. I like it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. What's wrong? Everybody's liking my jokes this week. I'm not going to get used to it. Don't worry. No. Lastly, our very special cat guest, a huge horror fan. He's an attacker, and he's the one responsible for the nonsense we're going to discuss on this episode. Brian Godsell. Oh, hey, everybody. You're welcome for this. <laughs> oh, it's all your fault. Definitely. So we finally got you on the show, Brian. How you doing? Yeah, I've been campaigning for <laughs> about a month and a half, two months maybe. I'm doing good, though. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I kept you hanging on this topic for a while. We, we need to make sure that we're not rewarding bad behavior. Like, if, yeah. if you're listening, don't just start throwing out <laughs> shitty topics thinking you're going to get on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Oh, okay. Any anything you want to tell the uh, folks out there listening about yourself, Brian? No, no. I think they know me. I mean, most people listening know I uh, harass you guys every chance I get. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you guys uh, have become friends. I mean, I started as a listener, became an attacker, and I kind of feel like we're friends. Maybe not after this episode, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's in question again. <laughs> And you too can get friends by going to jointheattackers.com. <laughs> yes, that's a new perk. <laughs> but you also talk into a microphone price. other times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started a podcast about, well, it's been about two months ago, the I Like a Spooky podcast. Me too. My friend Jason, and we have a couple friends that live by Chicago, Jocelyn Lewis. Uh, they're actually taking a break right now because they're getting ready to move from Chicago to the Quad Cities, so we'll all be in a close vicinity of each other. Cool. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> Great transition. Really nice. I know, right? Smooth. I worked awesome hard at that. Segue. That's very smooth. <laughs> you heard of it? <laughs> Shutter is a streaming service for any and all horror fans. If you are a tall horror fan, if you're a short horror fan, if you're a boy horror fan, if you're a girl horror fan, if you're a Republican horror fan, if you're a Democrat horror fan, if you're a smelly horror fan, or if you're an armless horror fan, you need Shudder. There's movies, series, documentaries, and even original content. This <laughs> is. Shudder has something for any horror fan. You should sign up for Shudder now. Do it. Well, after you're done listening to the show, sign up for Shudder. If you're thinking about starting your journey with Shudder and are still kind of on the fence, let us help you out. 
you can get a month of Shudder for free thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Just enter our promo code AOTKP and get a month of Shudder for free. You're welcome. That promo code again is AOTKP. And speaking of promo codes, here's Tad with what we watched. Well, I can say there's one spoiler. I mean, if you read the uh, title of the episode, we all watched some shit this week. But uh, (laughs) outside of our uh, killer furniture uh, talk, we're going to talk about what we've watched in between. So, Andy, what have you watched? Um, Mostly I've been watching uh, shows with the wife. Um, Been watching uh, the new uh, Disenchantment that came out in the... uh, from the same creator of uh, the Simpsons. And that's, that's always fun. I think I've spoke about it before. Um, But the two new shows that I'm really digging right now is archive 81. Have you guys heard of this? Nope. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Brandy just Uh, got done marathon in it. Yeah. um, I'm almost done with it. um, But it just entails about this guy who restores film and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be eight millimeter. It could be, you know, VHS tapes and, you know, what have you. But he gets hired to do this really certain job and he starts to see things that apply to his own life in, in the film. And it has to do with this, this girl that's trying to find her mother in this apartment complex in the 90s in New York. And she stumbles upon this weird sort of i don't i it, it's not a satanic cult that lives in the building but it's um it has it kind of gives off vibes of rosemary's baby it's just like this cult that lives inside this um a- apartment complex and it's actually it's actually really really good uh, i i really recommend it i'd talk about it more but i haven't seen all of it um and another one that I've been watching is Murderville on Netflix. Have you guys heard of this? No. Another one I've heard of, but I have not watched yet. Highly recommend. It's hilarious. Um, Will Arnett um, plays this oh, homicide detective, and it's a different uh, guest every um, episode, and they have to play his partner, and they have to solve this murder, but the the gimmick of the show is that the guest doesn't have a script so they have to wing it you know and will arnett is just constantly fucking with them you know you know when they're trying to you know play it straight and just you know try to solve the crime and it's just it's it's a the show's hilarious um conan o'brien's has been on it um uh, the NFL player Marshawn Lynch was on it, and he actually did like really damn well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to new episodes of that. Um, but and of course, I'm still watching Peacemaker, which that show's hilarious. I, I love it. Um, and I rewatched Crystal Lake Memories, all seven hours of it, because it's still entertaining to me, and it's very rewatchable. Yeah, other than that, that's all I watched. Excellent. Uh, Mikey, what have you watched? 
Okay, well, I haven't had a chance to much too much new stuff, but trying to you know fill some some holes of some older stuff that I haven't <laughs> seen. Um, so I'm a big fan of the mockumentary films by Christopher Guest, Best yep. in Show, Waiting for Guffman, A Mighty Wind, for your consideration. And so I thought I'd seen them all, and then I found Mascots on Netflix. Oh, yeah, from 2016. Mm. So a more recent one from him, I didn't even know it existed. And so mascots, uh, it's a look into the world of competitive mascots. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just as hilarious and great as all the others. Um, I kind of feel like it seems to me, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but uh, um, it kind of feels like maybe this is a passing of the torch kind of thing or like a swan song for Christopher Guest. And the fact that it's got a lot of his regulars in it, like Michael Hitchcock, Parker Posey, John Michael Higgins, uh, Jane Lynch, a ton, a ton of the regulars. The crew. Yeah, the crew. But the, but they're in a lot of them are in smaller parts than usual, and the main cast is is new people he's never worked with before, much younger younger crowd, I guess you could say too, and. <clears throat> So, and all just equally as good under the direction of Christopher Guest. And it's just got, you totally got that whole improv vibe and everything. It's just, it is really, really funny. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know if this is like, you know, kind of like, you know, a redo. I don't know what you, whatever. <laughs> but uh, it seems like also maybe kind of like an indirect sequel to Waiting for Guffman because Christopher Guest himself shows up as his character, Cork. Corky St. Clair from Waiting for Guffman. Nice. Which also makes it feel to me like, okay, this is this is closing the chapter on these films with this crew of Christopher Guest. And if there's going to be more movies in this ilk, it's, it's moving on with a different generation. I, I'm probably reading way more into it than it actually is. But it's on Netflix, uh, and it's really funny. If you like those mockumentary films uh, that he does, definitely check out Mascots. Um. First time watch for me. This is going to be a shocker, but I had never seen until recently Real Genius from 1985, what? the Val what? Kilmer movie. I know, right? <laughs> that one's a blast. It is. I love awesome. that. It seems love like a Mike movie. movie. It's totally a Mike movie. I, I loved it. I had a great time with it. Um, That's, and it's so quotable, too. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's the best thing Val Kilmer's ever done. Yeah. <laughs> It's a penis stretcher. You want to try it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For those who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, an uptight teenage prodigy enters a top engineering college, but feels awkward among the free willing students. Uh, When a professor aims to turn their laser project into a military weapon, him and his offbeat roommate plots to ruin the plan. It's really, really funny. It's definitely one of those like, college slob versus snobs type of 80s teen comedies that I love. So yeah, good times. And the last one I had seen before, but it had been forever and um, I wanted to rewatch it and I want to make Brandy watch it. It's called the fuzz from 2014. Uh, When you read about it, like on Netflix and stuff, it talks about how it was like a series, but um, it, when it it's on Tubi, I think is where I watched it. And the whole thing plays like one movie. I can't even determine where breaks would be that would chop it up into a, uh, into a series. And, and then even it's, it's, it's feature length 
as a film. So I'm just calling it a movie, but it's from 2014. Um, basically in the world where puppets and humans coexist, a string of violent, um, drug related crimes are sending shockwaves through the neighborhood. Um, so yeah, it's one of those like a movie with puppets and, and real people kind of in the, in the vein of, um, uh, happy time murders, oh, so good. which I love happy time murders, but honestly, the fuzz is way better. Hmm. What I like about the fuzz over happy time murders and, and the basic premise is the same. It's this like puppet cop that, and there's all this discrimination going on against puppets by the human race. The worst. And, um, and a puppet cop has to team up with the loser human cop to, uh, solve the, solve these crimes. So very similar to Happy Time Murders, um, but definitely not on the budget of Happy Time Murders. But but the puppets are still great. The puppet work is still great. You don't get like those those CGI shots where you're seeing full body puppets walking up and down the street where they just imposed out the actor on on strings. Um, it and it just plays like straight up like puppets and that's what i then that's what i think makes it work better than happy time murders because in happy time murders you have puppets um doing more adult things more adult themed things more human type of things where you're seeing full puppets head to toe walking down the street or whatever or you know you're seeing all these puppets doing nasty things like you know smoking a cigarette having sex in the Having sex in their office and then shooting jizz everywhere, you know, um, where fuzz plays more on like the childlike tropes of puppets, but in an adult theme reality. And so you still have those adult themes, but, uh, you know, the, the, the main drug Lord, um, of puppet town, um, uh, the main drug is, uh, uh, is, Oh, what was it? I think, um, no, I'm forgetting now, but like a jelly beans or something like that. Like <laughs> jelly beans is a, is a drug for puppets. Uh, so are, so are balloons, apparently balloons, uh, no puppet can resist a balloon. So it, it, it's, it's funny like that, you know, and it, and it definitely has, um, adult humor in it. You know, there's, there's obviously still swearing and stuff like that. And, um, you know, anytime the puppet cop swear and he, the puppet cop plays like a character straight out of like Sesame street or something. He's like, you know, always, always oh, so happy and cheery and innocent, not like the grim and gritty detective puppet in happy time murders. And so instead of swearing like his human partner, he'll, his, his common, um, curse word is cheese and cheese and crackers. So he'll always say cheese and crackers <laughs> instead of saying a curse word. So I would definitely recommend the fuzz. It's really, really funny. Um, and that's what I watched. All right, Brian, what have you watched recently? Well, I think you and I, Tad, have probably watched uh, the last drive-in with Joe Bob, yeah, Valentine yeah. Trailer Park. So we got Black Roses, which was a first-time watch for me. <laughs> I love Black so, Roses. Yeah, and uh, Frankenhooker, which I'd seen before. It's a classic. I mean, and then I watched The Burning for my podcast, which I've Woo! seen before. Nice. Um, and then after The Burning. I was off the next day, so I was like, I haven't stayed up late and watched a movie lately. So I just let the next movie start, and I started it. I got all the way through it, and I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? That and I get to the end. That after? No. Oh. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. I was oh. like, was <laughs> Silent <laughs> Night, Deadly Bill Mosley? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I had no clue what it was until the end. And then the <laughs> credits came on. <laughs> 
Dang. Um, other than that, I haven't really watched much. I don't get movies in like I used to. I mean. All right. Well, I guess that leaves you, Jason. What have you watched? I finally watched some stuff this week. Uh, Football must be over. It is. Um, I watched, uh, if I did a show, um, it's called C-S-E-E. It's on Apple Plus, and it's fantastic. Uh, in the far future, humankind has lost its sense of sight. The father of twins, who are born with the mythic ability to see, must protect his tribe against a threatened queen. So it's a it's a cool show. Helps fill those voids of um, oh shoot, like uh, what was the HBO show with the Game of Thrones? Um, you know, kind of a old old timey caveman type of it's fun it's good jason momoa is the star of it and uh batista shows up in the second season and hmm. they're brothers it's cool it's uh yeah everybody's blind and those few who can see are the ones who are cursed and it, i don't know it's it's got a nice just uh how society and what's important and what's not important it's pretty cool but also bloody as hell it's awesome um, I also, oh, I'm so, I, and I watched three movies, two of them, not horror, but man, I'm so happy to have watched them again. I've been dying to watch them so much. What's one of my favoritest movies of ever, and it's from 1990, it's called uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Fucking love this movie. I uh, heard of it. Dudes, I could quote this from front to back. It's it's just one of my favorites. And then radical, radical, radical. radical. I uh, I couldn't stop there. So the next night, I watched the Secret of the Ooze Ooh. Part Two. Go so, ninja, go ninja. I go. know. And I know, hopefully, I'll. I don't want to. I don't think I've seen Part Three yet, but I'm going to make myself watch it next week. So. I'm with you, dude. I have never seen Part Three. I'm right there with you. Yeah, it looks bad, but yeah. uh, I'm yeah. going to do it. Sounds like a first-time podcast is oh, in order. Shit. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one I watched, super, super stoked about it, and I loved the shit out of it. Oh, this little director called Guillermo del Toro made this movie called Nightmare Alley. Yeah, mm. it's right there. I'm dying to just... I, just I haven't got to that either. Yeah, it's, man, I think you'll love it for lots of reasons, obviously, but just that... Um, just that old uh, circusy fun time. It's got a just a freaks vibe, you know. Just oh. a kinda, you know, with all the weirdos at the circus and. See, honestly, I didn't know anything about what it's about, so that sounds awesome. Until I talked about it at length on the show, but I don't <laughs> listen to you. <laughs> yeah, it's about a carnival man and stuff. Yeah, Bradley Cooper's great. Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Rooney Mara, tons. Ron Perlman. Everybody's in this movie, and it's fucking stacked, bro. Stuff. Yeah, that's a great cast. Tim Blake Nelson. Oh yeah, it's great. Nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars this year. Hell yeah! Oh no kidding, that's awesome. Nice. Del Toro with a second Best Picture nom. It's damn good, and yeah, he still struggles to get projects off the ground. What the fuck? Well, this one made no money because people (laughs) didn't go see it in the theater, so. Yes, yeah. Blame Spider-Man. No, blame the studio. Well, definitely blame the studio. Well, hey, that's, that's what I watched. Excellent. What'd you watch, Tad? I watched a whole lot of nothing. I, um, what? I did watch a few things. Last weekend, I think it was, I uh, 
or maybe no, last weekend was Super Bowl weekend. So the weekend before, I uh, binged. We sort of rewatched all the Jackass movies in order. Nice. And then that Sunday night, went and saw Jackass Forever. Oh, man, all of them. Yeah. Uh, didn't do the point fives, but um, you know I've seen I've seen all of them, so it was just great yeah. to revisit them, see them in order, watch them sort of grow over the years. Get older, and then uh, we went and saw Jackass Forever in the theater, and that was it was one of those when you leave your face hurts from laughing and smiling <laughs> so much. There's just nothing like it. I mean, it's like the perfect time for a, j- a Jackass movie to hit theaters when everything seems so hopeless and shitty. It's like, this is exactly what we need. Can we get a new one every week? God damn it. Um, <laughs> so other than those movies, I've started a series that I've been um, wanting to catch on HBO called Euphoria. Oh, yeah. And um, I watched one episode. It has two. It's on the second season now. Um, and I'm caught up now. So that was like uh, addicting. Like I watched one and I was like, I got to watch the next one. Then I, I don't really like to binge shows. And this one was uh, very bingeable for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm all caught up. It's still airing the second season, but I watched the whole first and it's uh, Looks show. Depressing. It's very depressing. It's very dark, <laughs> but it's it's awesome because it's made by a 24, the first TV show. Um, oh, nice. And it stars Zendaya, yep. that you might know yeah. from the Spider Man movies, but she plays a struggling drug addict in high school who, at the beginning, she just got out of rehab and she's trying not to relapse. And it's about the drama of these um, high school, like seniors or juniors, I'm not even sure. But uh, if you have kids, I would say maybe not watch it because it might scare the ever living fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. To know, you know, it's mm. like, I imagine this is what kids are really doing now, but um, I would really hope not. But uh, it's but it's beautiful. It's like the the most beautiful the cinematography on TV. Yeah, yeah, it's HBO. The production value is unrivaled. The acting is just fantastic. The story every fucking week is like, holy shit. Like last night I was watching an episode and it's just like my anxiety was at an all time high just watching the show. But it's something about it, man. It's awesome. Um, and then the other end of the spectrum, I've been watching a show that I've loved since it first uh, started. They just dropped, I'm guessing, I think it's the final season on Netflix, is F is for Family. Oh. Bill, Bird. Bill Burr's yeah. animated show. It's so fucking it's, good. And Oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, so I've been binging that because it's like 20-minute episodes. So I've been more of a series guy, but I... Am needing to jump on the Oscar movies now that they've been out, now that they've oh, been yeah. announced. So uh, that will be my focus mm. outside of the podcast in the next month or so. That's what I watch. Cool. Thank you, Tad. Thank you. Now it is time for a poll position where you can prove there is only one right answer. Mine. Here's Jason. From now on, like your parents were. Are the secret force of Alright, we're gonna look back at episode 253. We were asked, what are the best TV horror shows of 2021? Remember your answers? I'll tell you. Insane Mike said what we do in the shadows, American Horror Story. Which we'll have to win because of what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Right. It's bastard. J- but Jason <laughs> also picked The Last Drive-In and Midnight Mass. Tad picked Chucky and Yellow Jackets. 
And Andy picked Brand New Cherry Flavor and Creep Show. Oh, man, those are eight good shows. Oh, these results, guys. Uh, let's start out with the uh, shocker here. Um, Andy's last uh, with <laughs> 6%. Oh, man, we had a lot of votes, wow. too, this time. Well, that's because people have bad taste and did not watch Brand New Cherry Flavor. That's, which is, that's actually a really good show. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. Um, there's a two-way tie for second and third and a clear winner. So how do you want to do this? So, And me and you tied, right? I assume. And that's right. Leaving Insane Mike to win his first yes. position. Yeah. No, I've won before, haven't I? Never. God damn it. Yes. We don't keep track. <laughs> yes. 35%. We, got, yeah. we each got 29%. People so what we do in the shadows. I mean, it's the we're right not answer. counting this one, though, Mike. Yeah, this, <laughs> we're actually not counting this one. That's what you you got the first pick on that one, so I think that's why you won. All right, well, let's get into. I can't believe you won. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna have to hear about it the rest of the night. Uh, right. So this week's poll position, pretty exciting, has pretty topical to this stupid ass topic we're doing today. <laughs> uh, the poll position question is: What are the scariest inanimate objects in a horror movie? I'll do a random. Sequence here. So Mike's one, I'm two, Tad's three, Andy's four. That's right, I won. Sequences. Oh, God damn it. Andy's got the first and eighth pick. And then Mike has the second and seventh pick. Woo! And then Tad. You fuckers. <laughs> Tad's got the third. <laughs> and then I've got the fourth and fifth. So... Andy, you are up first. What is your first? So we're going to do two rounds, snake draft. Andy, you're first. What's your first scariest inanimate object in a horror movie? Scariest inanimate object. Well, I got to go with the the lament configuration because it can fucking shoot out hooks. I mean, it can open up worlds. I mean, it can literally, you know, turn you into a freaking Cenobite. I mean, yeah, that's that's got to be my number one, the Lament configuration from Hellraiser. That's damn good. Definitely on my list. All right, Insane Mike, pick two. One that totally put poop in my pants when I was a kid, and that's the clown doll in Poltergeist. Ooh! Mm. Not on my list. Clown doll, Poltergeist. Sorry, I gotta write these <clears> down or... Uh, say, Tad, you're up next. Pick three. Christine, duh. Damn it. That was my number one pick. You <laughs> suck. <laughs> suck. <laughs> All right, hold on. Write it down. Christine, dang it. Okay, so I'm up next. Pick four. I'm going to go with the Goblin Truck Maximum Overdrive. God damn it. I was going for a theme. Mm. Uh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maximum Overdrive. Okay. Yeah, shit. Um, shit. What is next? Shit. Oh, you have too many or not enough? I have too many. I got a lot here. Oh, man. Too. This could go... Oh, man. I'm going to go with Annabelle. Okay. 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 It wasn't on my okay. list, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was a vote-getter, so I'm hoping... <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ted, you're back. Hmm. I I'm I have some fun ones, but I don't think anybody else yeah. is going to pick them, and it won't get me votes. So I'm going to go with the um, possessed deer head from Evil Dead Two. 
Oh. I thought about putting that on my list, but not, not on my list. Evil Dead Two, you say? Yeah. Dead Two. Okay. Good. Good. Insane Mike. So I tried to go with um, ones that, uh-huh. that, uh-huh. that creeped me out back in the first time I ever watched them, and I think, like, you know, maybe, maybe this movie's a little more on the goofier side. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, um, especially in the beginning of the movie when. That dude walks into that room and all those mannequins are there and then they start fucking talking and moving around in tourist trap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. There's something creepy about mannequins talking and moving and shit. So the mannequins and tourist traps. Mike. I like it. All right. And Andy, finish us off here. Uh, I don't know if this will get votes, but fuck it. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say it anyway, because I like it. Um, I'm going to go with, and you can pretty much take your pick from the variants that there are. I'm going to go with one of the Sentinels from Phantasm. The Flying oh. Spheres. Oh, the balls? Okay. Yeah. I, I think he calls them Sentinels or something like that. Damn, Andy stands a chance on this one. <laughs> Yeah, that's All right. a good one. I so, so I know I didn't have that either. Damn it. I, uh, I want to I want to hear what else is on your, everybody's well, list. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, give too. Brian a chance since we can only have four spots. Brian should get to at least pick what he thinks his favorite would be. You want me to pick two? Sure. Uh, what about the TV from Poltergeist? Yep, that's definitely. Yep, yeah, for sure. And then a little shout out to Tad's birthday party. How about the house from the movie House? Yep. The Japanese. Oh, nice. fuck yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a good yeah. one. Definitely on the nice. list. I thought about putting the piano from, from House, but. Yeah. Well, some uh, on my honorable mentions, I got Slacks, obviously. Yep, I got that too. <laughs> I got uh, the Laundry Press from The Mangler. Nice. Yeah. And I'm not, oh, shit, I'll let you guys go. I have more, but. I have uh, the dress from In Fabric. Yep, that was on the list too. And then the weave and bad hair. Oh yeah, oh, fuck yeah. that was awesome. Good one. I also had. Um, I I didn't. I was gonna say this one, but since you already brought up the <clears throat> the Green Goblin semi, um, I changed That's my mind. But I was gonna go with the steamroller in Maximum oh, Overdrive. Yeah. That freaked me the hell out first oh, time I watched. Hell it. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then. Also, we really debated on this one too, but I really wanted to try to stay away from doing all dolls. But the uh, the Zini f- uh, fetish doll ah. from Trilogy of Terror. Yeah, I think one thing we can all agree on: um, none of us were considering anything that was going to be on this episode for the movies, right? Would <laughs> <laughs> that be foreshadowing? Uh, <laughs> as a joke, I did put the deathbed from Deathbed. I, that I'm you- surprised you didn't pick that one. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Only one I had left was the Oculus Mirror, the mirror from Oculus. All oh, right. Good one. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anybody else anymore? I almost I put on the list, but I knew it would be my last choice if I got <laughs> desperate. But the ghost ship from a ghost ship. Uh, I was gonna say Freddy's claw, but that's kind of animated because of his hand. You know, right. it's uh, it would it would it's count. a weapon, but yeah. Well, it would count because, like, in specifically, what was it four where it like Flies came to life on its own? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, all right. Those are some pretty good picks. Everybody get your butts over to Twitter at AOTKP and get your votes in. See who picked the best two scariest inanimate objects from a horror movie. And that's pole position. Somebody should have picked Freddy's skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've put it off long enough. Let's get into the movies for this episode. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yes, we are talking about killer furniture. Andy, what's our first movie we're going to talk about? Well, our first movie comes from 1992, <laughs> and it's called Amityville 1992. It's about time. <laughs> having regrets for breakfast. What? So what? Evil. Evil. This company was breaking ground on a new development. Where? New York. Long Island, actually. I think it's called Amityville. Amityville Manors. Amityville. Dad! Somebody open the door! You remember Leonard? Yeah, I heard about your leg. Real thing. Don't lie to me. If there's any other trouble, I will have Jake admitted like that. We would only move for one reason. Where it was safe is no longer. It must find a new home. Well, somehow Jacob is behind all this. Now I don't know if it's a case of parapsychological projection. There's no sense in looking for it. See, I think it's inside of us. It's trying to make this house its home. You guys have a relationship, okay? I'm not part of that. What the hell is happening here? It's got nothing to do with hell, Andrea. What are you talking about? Hold still. Oh, my God. <laughs> You won't regret this, I swear. You might. When the young architect, Jake Sterling, returns home to California from a business meeting in New York, he brings back a surprise. An antique mantel clock he found on the ruins of a demolished house in Amityville. However, as the vintage item finds its place on the fireplace mantle, bizarre supernatural incidents begin to occur and an unfathomable dark powers start to take control not only of the Sterlings' house, but also the family's lives. Now an ancient evil has returned and seeks its revenge. Okay, um, we've got the word Amityville in the title, <laughs> and that's... Basically, where the link to Amityville stops, in my opinion, in terms of this movie. Um, basically, like the synopsis says, you have, you know, weird shit happening in this house as soon as 
the clock basically anchors itself to the mantle because, I mean, you literally see that in the scene. It drills itself and just, you know, pretty much plants its plants itself into the house and you basically get the first version of the house with a clock in its walls because you know it gears literally you know begin harvesting within the walls um you've got steven mocked as uh, jacob sterling you may also recognize him as the dad from uh monster squad john's dad mm-hmm. yeah yeah anybody messes with us he kicks their ass um and then the he basically has a babysitter, which is his old um, girlfriend, uh, Andrea Livingston, who, as it turns out, is dating a psychiatrist. Um, and she basically cheats on him like the first night Jacob gets back. But she says, oh, we're only dating, which I'm um, OK, but whatever. <laughs> they, they needed a sex scene, apparently. Um, and basically this, this movie's kind of like, you know, it gives off like, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street vibes. It's like a lot of hallucinations, you know, and they're not, but they're not really sleeping. Um, the daughter's behavior changes, you know, she starts dressing a little bit more provocatively and all this and that. And, um, the, the dad, uh, Jacob, he goes out on a run and he's not even in the house and he gets attacked by a dog, which, you know, the makeup on his leg looked really good. I thought when, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, got a bit, all bit up by the dog. Yeah. And of course he had to hit the dog in the face with the, with the bottle, but turns out that was also an hallucination. Um, yeah. Um, Hmm. But then, um, didn't he? He was he went to the doctor, right? He was at the hospital after he got bit, right? Right. Yeah, I didn't hallucinate that and, scene. Yeah, tore up and <laughs> yeah. So when, but when he gets home, his wounds still look like they're just they're fresh. Like there's no stitching, nothing. They're not even. Yeah. They're barely covered. When and they are covered, they're like the shit out of them. Like what kind of shitty hospital is that? <laughs> they glued it shut. Um, I, I don't know. A nice saving grace of this movie is you do get to see Dick Miller for Yay, Dick a, Miller, really, yeah, nice shock. A really, really short time. Um, but, ah, oh, man, um, I hated, hated the doctor. Oh man. I wish that scene was real when the dad had the gun <laughs> to his head and just blew his head open. I would have like, this movie just got 10 times better. Just should have blown his brains right all over the kitchen. Um, yeah, I've, I've said my piece. I mean, uh, oddly enough, I did kind of like this better than all the movies we had to watch. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. God, so who hurt you? Who hurt you? (laughs) I had picked the movies. (laughs) (laughs) I I Um, think, uh, I agree with you there on, as far as like the favorites, just because it felt like, uh, the most maybe like the most coherent movie. I don't know. Like at least it was a movie from beginning to end. Yeah, that, it was totally not that uh, bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was watchable. Plus I have, yeah. I have a little bit of a soft spot for like early's 90s cheese a little bit, you know, because, cause that was when I was first kind of started to be able to watch horror movies, you know, and this one doesn't come off as like crazy scary. So, I mean, this was something, uh, 
I wouldn't call it like an intro, but like starting to get a little bit more, you know, it's like above Monster Squad, you know, it's like a little bit more edgy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely give the movie a pass for having Megan Ward in the movie. Uh, the daughter, because yeah. Megan Ward's awesome. Um, did you guys see who was directed by? Directed by Tony, yeah, Randall. Tony Randall. What the hell? Directed Hellraiser 2. I know. Uh, I, I just feel like, first of all, right out of the gate, it's like overly complicated in the relationship of the people in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is this a soap opera or a horror movie? It, yeah. So it gets to be way too melodrama for me. Uh, way, way too much emphasis on that. Um, I watched, I did watch the trailer first and the trailer portrays that psychiatrist boyfriend as freaking nuttier than the dad. And I was so excited. I'm like, oh, we are going to get this over the top, um, character that is going to be the thing that I latch onto this movie, but he wasn't Barely, that yeah. bad. He just was a bad actor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was a, so that was a bummer, but I mean, still the, say he should have shot him. <laughs> but uh you know there was some there was some cool effects in it some cool practicals like when the when the one when the boyfriend um gets melted down there's some cool shots oh, in there yeah. that yeah. kind of reminded me, me of bitch. like reminded me of like society makeup and stuff mm. like that and nice and gooey i will say without being too spoilery i did like the um, you know, the, the wraparound ending, the ending that, uh, just revolves around to the bat, the beginning of the movie, I thought was pretty cool. Right. Coming in the bad. box. Yeah. yeah. And it was, and it like, and it was cool. Cause it's like, and when the movie starts out, um, you know, that the, the, the woman's dialogue there in the beginning, when the dad shows up at the box and everything, it's like, that is really weird. And why is she carrying around? What was it? What was it that she that had? Drafting tool. Yeah. Why was she carrying around the the T square? I'm like, what's the going on? She said. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it made sense by the end of the movie. So that was kind of cool for 1992. Yeah. But I I didn't hate the movie. It's just mm, it's got problems. I I guess I wouldn't say I hated it, but I'll never ever watch it again. I kind of felt like I waited this whole hour, what was it, hour and 35 minutes to get like 15 minutes of it really getting going and loving mm-hmm. that last 15 minutes. And then it was, oh, then it, you know, did the rabbit got going, it, it was over. over. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh man, if the whole movie was like the last 15 minutes, <laughs> I would have loved it. Mm. But yeah, you know. Yeah, they could have cut a big chunk out of this and then just released it as an episode of Friday Thirteenth the series or something. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just oh, a yeah, little it's, overcomplicated. It's a cursed. It's a cursed object and fit yep. right in there. Yeah, it would. I mean, yeah, the acting was pretty strong. I mean, you know, from the main guys, Stephen and the mom and the girl, and uh, it's all about perspective. I mean, uh, yeah. Comparing it to the other two, yeah, some great acting. Turns out this one wasn't so bad. <laughs> Come on, the last one's pretty fucking awesome. Come on, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just this we'll next one we're all dreading so much. <laughs> oh man, sometimes I sometimes I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh no, that was your favorite of all time. I believe, that makes sense. I know it. Oh jeez. 
Well, should we get into it then? I guess. Since it's, it's your movie you get to talk about. What's the next well, one? Oh, yeah. Pull the Band-Aid off. Okay, well, it's a movie, and <laughs> it's from 1991. Here's some more of that early 90s stuff you love, Andy. <laughs> it's called The Refrigerator. Oh yeah, this uh, trailer. It, there wasn't a trailer in English, so I just played a little bit. Is your bit refrigerator of the music. running? Okay. <laughs> a couple of New York newlyweds move into a bad apartment in a bad neighborhood. The in apartment a bad movie. Yeah, the apartment contains a refrigerator, which is the only thing they like in the place. It's a '60s vintage refrigerator plugged into hell. <laughs> Written and directed by Nicholas Jacobs, your old pal. That no one's ever heard of ever before. <laughs> or since. Well, or since. Yeah, uh, this, uh, I don't believe that for the budget. Anyway, so <laughs> this is a, this is a, you know what? I didn't mind this one either. It's not good, but I, I had fun with it, I think. I think. I did too. At least it was, it I, had some funny vibes. They knew that yeah, they weren't yeah, making yeah. a masterpiece, so. You have a refrigerator that's not. That's an actual refrigerator that just shuts its door to eat you. Like there's, there's no like fake <laughs> big giant mouth and teeth, you know. Like so, it's they have to know that it's funny. Oh yeah, it's definitely yeah, yeah. it's definitely <laughs> a comedy and it's definitely, definitely a satire. Definitely Speaking comedy. of comedy, I need to do the line of the movie. Yep. Now I'm late as shit and the car is fucked. (laughs) 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 Laughed my ass off. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) He's so pissed off. I am the waffle maker? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the waffles. I'm I'm going to pull that on my wife. I'm going to pull that on my wife. That's how I'm going to wake up one morning. I am the waffle maker. (laughs) Take off to the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, yeah please. What, did you have more? No, episode? God, no. <clears throat> okay, I'm kind of glad to hear you guys said you had fun with it because this might have been my favorite one out of the three. It's pure camp, of I mean. course, it is. Yeah, yeah. and that's why because it is pure camp. The the um the shocking thing you want some shocking trivia on this movie it took four years to make. Sorry. I thought you were going to say that on the back of the VHS tape, it shows four awards they won. <laughs> Those are killer, clearly awards their mother. They're, yeah, they're made of them. <laughs> um, great laurels. <laughs> uh, and, and I will also tell you that uh, as far as killer refrigerator movies go, it's, <laughs> it's definitely superior. It's uh, the best one. If you, you need to see Attack of the Killer Refrigerator, if... That one is just a refrigerator that eats people. Like this one is like just trying to do some cool things, like it being a whole portal to hell and all that kind of stuff. Um, here's here's my thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can make sure I word this properly so I don't sound bad. But 
I start watching this movie and I thought it this was a troll two situation where mm-hmm. it was a filmmaker from another country mm-hmm. who doesn't understand the language or the culture <laughs> of America. I seriously thought this was a Spanish film production. Yeah. Yep. Um, cause there's, there's just, there's a lot of like, there's like a lot of, um, Spanish music going on and, 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 um, just, just a there's lot of some sort of language barrier going on somewhere. <laughs> and especially in the begin first half of the movie, when they're, when they're leaving Ohio or wherever the hell they're from, they go to the big city, a lot of their dialogue, like in the car and shit and talking about American dreams and stuff like that is so what things people would yep. not say. That is yep. not dialogue that human beings would say. It, it's it, To me, it just it was totally like to- Troll 2 type dialogue. Um, and then, so like right in the middle of the movie, I was like, I had to, I had to figure this out. And it's not a Spanish film production. It is an American filmmaker making an American movie in American New York. So Speaking yeah. Of, uh, weird car rides. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're why yelling would the whole they, way or <laughs> yes, they, they, t- they go, they get home they They take off from school and they, they just scream at the top of their fucking lungs for 12 months. Ah! Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> awesome. Their neighbor got to be like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> God, <laughs> which you know, stuff like that should have made me realize like all of this had to have been done on purpose. So, with the really weird dialogue and everything, I like the tagline no survivors, only leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it and it kind of even with its goofy premise and over the top weirdness, it even it still has some moments that kind of drag, but. Oh, for me, it was. I thought it was all worth it for the for the end battle there in the apartment, when literally all hell is breaking loose. Like the fans come to life and start flying through the air, making helicopter noises. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> and then the and then the and then that fan just devoured that guy's face. That was freaking awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. really cool. So yeah, I, trash can I, eats the guy's leg. I really just, <laughs> yeah, it's dumb and silly and extremely, extremely cheap. Um, what'd you, what was the budget? I said, uh, half a million. Yeah. Oh, no way. I know. Uh, <laughs> There's no chance. Um, maybe 5,000 tops. But I, I, I really do think it's my favorite one of the movies we're going to be what talking about. What is wrong tonight. with you? This movie is terrible. It also comes in that time frame. It's it's extremely early nineties, so coming off the end of the eighties in New York. So it's kinda it's kinda got those toes dipped a little bit in those sleazy, low budget um New York over the top horror movies that I love so much. Yeah, this like is it definitely had, no. This is like definitely a, no Abel Ferreira though. No, I was no, thinking, but, you know, basket case. Yeah. Uh, basket mm-hmm. case and street trash and you know, stuff like that. That's 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 where I'm coming from. Yeah, what I liked about Avenger. it was that it was yeah, I could I could see Troma picking this up and distributing it because it had a yeah. it has a dumb childish sense of humor, which is fine. Like at least I don't know. Either to me, it has to like be aware of it or so unaware that it's funny. Like, it, but somewhere in the middle is where I I don't like it. Like. <laughs> you know what i mean like this was yeah. this was this knew it was not a good movie and that's okay i'm like 
I'm not really scared of the refrigerator. I'm more worried about the people driving in this, like like at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Those people were all over the goddamn road, and they were screaming too. You know, guy had to jump out of the way, and then they run up to the apartment, and they're screaming then too. It's like, I want to know where the hell they came from. Like, shit, they must have been having a hell of a time. I just know that Brett Royer's written this down on a piece of paper to watch later, and Gosh, yes, Brett, you have to watch this. Oh, yeah, you can no. find it in um, 120p on uh, or yeah. on YouTube and <laughs> 14 has, pixels. Yeah. yeah, 15 pixels. It has um, weird pop-ups that tell you what part you're watching in the Indiana Jones font for no reason. Yeah, what was that about? <laughs> so you can't like uh, watch this officially anywhere. So yeah, you can't find it, but it isn't full on YouTube. But you got to watch the version. That is in chapters that is split up in yes. amongst, amongst various videos. And, and sometimes that's really off-putting, obviously, I'm, you know. <laughs> um, but I felt like it played through pretty pretty okay for the most part get used that to way. I, I think they meant it to be like a serial. They wanted to hold you in suspense for next, you know, for the next <laughs> week. Because there's a couple other versions that we found on there. One is all in another language and then... And then there's one where, like, within the first, what, five, ten minutes, it just completely freezes on the picture. But Yeah, it just... I watched that one, and it, it actually did me some favors. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Ryan. Did you like this? You're muted, Ryan? by the way. Muted? You were? Oh, there you go. Oh, he's back. There we go. Yeah, this was my favorite of the oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mute yourself again. Yeah, Mute yourself. <laughs> I got the same you know, dirty New York. Like, I loved the, the maintenance man. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. What the fuck I, was that? Like a Freddie Mercury? <laughs> like the, the only part that like I was like, what the Rob fuck Halford. is going on here is the mom. Like, the flashbacks to the mom. Like, torturing the daughter by uh, trying to commit suicide i'm like yeah. what does this have to do with anything yeah, like it, yeah completely unnecessary i agree yeah. it served no purpose yeah i forgot about that part yeah. yeah but yeah the whole part with the you know they're driving for it looked like they were driving across states and they're just screaming the whole time <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on here <laughs> Yeah, and the whole the husband thinks the wife's cheating with the maintenance man and the his assistant man. just yeah having coffee <laughs> and you know yeah I, I this was and it's the easiest to follow all the other ones are like okay what the fuck is going on with this clock why does it have anything to do with this you know this next movie what's the chair got to do with you know medieval times what what the hell is going hey, on now, I can watch at this least. And, Amityville has a weird train set sex scene, or almost <laughs> oh, sex yeah. scene. So. <laughs> that if was the any, first for me. If anything links these three movies, it's that it's you. It's you, goddamn it. Well, it's it's me. But everybody's having sex. I mean, Amityville. They're having that girl has sex with the mirror. These people are having sex by the refrigerator, <laughs> and then the next movie, the chair has sex with the girl. You know, like. Who's writing these movies that has these weird kinky fetishes? Mm. We don't kink shame on Attack of the Killer Podcast, okay? 
You just shame me for watching these kind of movies. There's there's worse things than furniture to be uh, attracted to, I guess. Mm. <laughs> 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 On oh. next week's episode. <laughs> Watch Titan. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay, so, Tad, what is the uh, the next movie we're going to talk about? The next movie is from 2019, and it is Killer Sofa. I have a delivery for Francesca Morton. Hey, there's, there's blood here. That recliner almost chopped my mate's finger off. He keeps saying the recliner's possessed. I really don't know what's gotten into him. We need to find out where that recliner oh. is. Tomorrow morning, we'll call every delivery company in the city if we have to. Whoever has that recliner is in great danger. There's a killer out there. Your friend is in great danger. That recliner she bought is possessed. Never, ever underestimate the seducing power of the beast. The soul you were trying to save has already been doomed. Okay, killer sofa. A killer reclining chair, not a sofa. Um, becomes enchanted by a girl and starts committing crimes of passion. Uh, um, we had to watch this one f- with a uh, a group. Got a group to. Watch. What do you mean had to? Got uh, to. That was Tony's pick, um, and it was fun with a group. And it's <laughs> it's still fun rewatching. I uh, I don't know. It's it's a lot less fun when you're watching it by yourself. I'll say that. Um, having others to riff along with it enhances it. So I would recommend um, if you have a chance to watch this one, if you have a Tony, grab your Tony. Yep. Um, but uh, no, this one is overly complicated. As uh, Brian said earlier, it's a little uh, for a killer chair movie, which I, why, why not call it killer recliner? That even sounds cooler than killer sofa, but uh, you know, it, uh, it lives up to the name. It's actually better than I expected the first time I watched it. I expected it to just sort of be a shitty um, asylum type movie. And it was it had some funny moments and is actually pretty decent acting, but o- overly complicated story for a fucking killer chair movie. Yeah. What do you guys, what do you guys think? It's, it's a silly movie that what I think seems the way it came across it like it's trying to take itself too seriously for what the subject matter is. I agree with that. That is a hundred percent. My assessment of it as well. I felt like played a little too straight played a little too. Yeah, exactly. A little too straight. Like with, with, with slacks, you know, it's, you know what you're getting, you know, it's, it's silly and it, and it comes across that way, but this seemed like it's, Try to come, like he said, too straight. I will say some of the 
some of the practical effects were nice. Like when I saw like uh, when the the chair squeezed that uh, that girl's knuckles with the gashes in her knuckles, I was like, "Oh god damn!" That, yeah, that, that looked that, nasty. That, that, that was gnarly. Was, yeah, that looked good. Now this isn't an American film, I don't believe, is it? Not with those accents, I can't think so. so. New Zealand, New Zealand, yeah. So, yep, New Zealand. Maybe that's how the people in New Zealand like their movies like this. They want it straight and with a convoluted story about somebody being what a witch or something being murdered in the. Maybe they call their uh, chair sofas too. Yeah. But yeah, way too much story to this one to try to keep up with to watch and enjoy by yourself. I'll tell you what, though, I fucking love that chair with the button eyes. <laughs> the button is cool, eyes yeah. is yeah. great. Yeah, pretty simple <laughs> and effective. To, yeah. yeah, perfect little um, like simple way to make the face. The the poster actually what they when they try to make it look scary, it's dumb. It's like yeah. no, it looks cool as as it is in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's also part of the movie's problem. I don't feel like there's enough chair in in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, such a simple design, but so effective because you totally instantly see a face in it with those buttons. And I also do like how it used its springs a lot of time mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to like move shit or attack people or whatever um, to have help you out with this title, Tad. Uh, apparently, because when I did a search on um, the on uh, the Roku for it, it didn't come up as Killer Sofa. It came up as My Lover, My Lazy Boy. So I think another better name. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so I looked it. I looked it up on Wikipedia, and it says the initial title for the film was planned to be My Lover, My Lazy Boy, but the production feared being sued by the Lazy Boy Furniture Company. Yeah, I can see that. And then after that, the title, The Furnishing, was considered. I like that one, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then they finally settled on Killer Sofa. The (laughs) fur. I really like that. I might steal that. (laughs) You might. One of the cool things I found uh, checking the movie out online was that the chair was uh, the one chair that they used for the whole movie. Cost about $64 American. Nice. Wow. (laughs) Wow. They got their money's worth out of that $64 (laughs) chair. (laughs) They know how to use their money, unlike the refrigerator. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So they had just the one chair then? Because you would think Uh, that's what I read. Yeah. You think they'd have multiple chairs. $32 buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Is that it? Is that all we have to say about Killer Sofa? <laughs> I, maybe, maybe, maybe I just have a special place in my heart because of the watch party we did. I, I don't know. I, I think of it fondly. It's, I think it's fun. We've had worse. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's not a challenge, Mike. <laughs> Damn it. Just wait till yeah, next is... episode. I think it might be. Oh, now but, you start. Okay. <laughs> <We're>, I, <laughs> we won't get ahead of ourselves. And I know Damn we've been it. blaming... Um, Godzilla for all this, but it is Mike's fault because he picked the movies. So, 
he wanted killer sofa. He did. What about <laughs> uh, what? What's up with like? Is there a death bed? The bed that eats or something? Oh, yeah. I've heard see, that one. See, yeah. I didn't. I thought I was being nice by not putting death That's bed right. on the list. Trust me. Is it? Is it really bad? It's really bad. It's okay. awesome. I love Deathbed. It would have been by far the best movie on the episode. Me too, but Brian, I don't think the other guys... watch the refrigerator again. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Jason definitely hates Deathbed, and I I don't know if the other guys would be into it or not. (laughs) It's tough. A movie that was made in the 70s and didn't get released until the 2000-somethings, so... Yeah. You do the math. That's great. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Next time. Next time. (laughs) Just for Jason. I just love everyone's like uh you you found three movies. I'm like, oh guys. <laughs> you so don't many. You have no idea. So Eliminated many. it down to three movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just that's what's great about this genre. <laughs> you could you could do like subgenres of so many different topics because the the horror genre is just wide open for anything and everything. Including killer sofas that are actually recliners. So really, Brian, your favorite was the refrigerator? Oh, yeah. yeah. God. I agree with him. Yeah. It was like an extended version of a, what was that show? Tales from the Dark Side. Like Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. <laughs> kind of what it made me think of. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. But it was on VHS, and they found it in the dumpster because it had been peed on. And then they, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then Troma redid it. <laughs> and then and, yeah, I, you know what? I, I think uh, with the refrigerator, I would, I would be curious <laughs> if watching it in like full quality, not not oh, look, not not wanting, you know, even for not four K or anything, just like just like the dialogue uh, to line up with the, <laughs> yeah, four eighty would be fine, like you know. But uh, I don't know if that would make it better or worse. I know. I think it'd be better. I think you know. Oh, I yeah, try not definitely. to let the the viewing um, situation Take you have an effect. It, yeah. yeah, some high quality Dolby sound so we can hear him scream. Oh, yeah, for the blood and guts. Ah! And <laughs> driving the fucking car. Ah! But that how do you get killer sofa and you get Amityville six, but you don't get. The refrigerator doesn't have a DVD or a Blu-ray or a Vinegar Syndrome, you know, booklet release or something like that. Afton needs to get their hands on this because oh, they yeah. do an amazing job of like remastering these movies that no one has heard of or care about and releasing really awesome packages. Yeah, I just got their scary movie disc. I'm excited to check that out. Oh, is that the one with um? Oh crap, what's his name? I talked about it on the show last year sometime, and what we watched. Um, oh, he's he's like an Oscar nominee, right? He's the, the guy from. Oh my god, the only other thing I could think <laughs> think of him from was uh, identity. Um, yeah, identity. John Hawks. Yes, thank you, Ooh, John, John Hawks. Hawks. It's oh. it's that one. Yes. Oh, have fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've heard it's awesome, and it was a uh, part of the two for three sale, and yeah, nice. I would, yeah. I, I kind of want to check that release out. That was one of those. I think at the time when we, when I talked about it on the show, I was knocking it pretty hard, but it's really stuck with me since then. I think I like it a lot more now. I want to go way, way, way off topic here, talking about trauma, <laughs> and with um. The last, the last Joe Bob special. Mm-hmm. How come both movies started with the trauma label? 
I don't think either of those movies were ever released by Troma. Ever. I don't know. I thought that was weird, too. I mean, Tad had some pretty funny tweets about it. Like, Black Roses, I'm like, oh, maybe Troma picked picked it up at one point. But I know, I know they never had their hands on Frankenhooker. Yeah, that was... That's was sweet. I, I mean, it's very weird, right? I didn't know if maybe somebody had some insight. Like maybe trauma, um, maybe trauma um, helps produce Joe Bob's show with the right. stipulation of what put our are, movie logo in front of every movie you show. What else is trauma doing? This is sponsoring the last drive-in on Shutter. Yep, the silent partner. But it's not like they have money to be sponsoring shit. Oh, or they're just acquiring that. the like streaming rights to some of these or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. But again, where are they getting the money from? <clears throat> okay, so obviously that that's it for the movies since I'm all, talking about something completely different. Uh, so um, we're going to move on. <laughs> we are going to take a quick quick break. And when we come back, we are going to get into our segments. But first, you're going to hear all about our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, or the PFPN. The PFPN is home to 30 amazing shows, including our newest attacker, Rude Horror Podcast. If you haven't heard of this show before, the Rude Horror Podcast is a Midwest horror podcast discussing everything horror. Movie reviews, play-by-plays, interviews, genre discussions, and much more. I personally highly recommend checking out the Root Horror Podcast and all the other shows at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Well, breaking news as we were um, <laughs> listening to that old. promo and a year ago, apparently. What website is that? Oh, it's Attack from Planet B. Never heard of it. Um, headline, Troma Entertainment acquires James Glickenhaus, uh North American Pictures catalog, including Exterminator, Maniac Cop, Frankenhooker, and Basket Case 2 and 3. What there the fuck? Now you know. Now we know. Wasn't just a boo-boo. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, Troma's acquiring some good movies, too. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I know. I'm, I'm just being serious. Welcome back to the show, and it's segments time here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. We're going to start by listening to you guys out there that are listening to us. It's time we listen to you. Here's Jason with a shout-outs. It's time for shout-outs. All right, we asked the question, what are your favorite killer furniture horror films? And we got a few responses. Up first, we got the Reebster. Mike Reebster. On the uh, Facebook page, 
He says, not a lot to choose from, but Vincent Price did use some rather deadly furniture first in Dr. Five Rises Again. He uses a really sweet scorpion-shaped chair and a bunch of scorpions to kill someone. And then an Afro-wigged Vincent Price, yes, those words are correct, rigged a salon perm chair to electrocute someone in Theater of Blood. Yeah. Heck yeah. He was butch. (laughs) (laughs) And then over on our Facebook group page, we got Abe, the Abster Kirshner. He says, killer sofa. Woo. It probably wouldn't be as memorable if I didn't join you guys for the watch party, though. And for an honorable mention of a killer furniture adjacent movie, Rubber was a ton of fun. Was it, Mike? I'm not a fan. I, I just don't that didn't understand. even come up in our in our inanimate uh, objects. Yeah, I know. Like that movie on paper and poster looks like you would have wrote written it. Like it's made for you. Is it really that bad? I just thought I found it rather... It's incredible boring. I, f- I found it boring and pretentious. Ooh, that's your worst crime. It, just more pretentious than anything. Like, hey, I'm gonna, we're going to make we're gonna make this silly, zany plot here and turn it into an art house film with a message mm. about, <laughs> about <laughs> the viewing public. And basically, yeah, it's just, it's, and it's a, killer just a slap in movie. the face insult, and I hate it. Okay, sorry. Don't uh, bring it back up. I'm okay, sorry. Up <laughs> next, the rubber away. We go. <laughs> we got attacker Rod Hutchinson. He says, besides Killer Sofa, aka Killer Recliner, I can only <laughs> think of 1977's Deathbed, the yeah! bed that eats people. Yeah, see another one. We're gonna have to watch yes, it. You three can watch it by yourselves. <laughs> cool. Did we? We did a commentary track. That's what you we did. did. Yes, we did. Yeah. So once yeah. is enough. Sorry, we can't go back. Rod can take my place when you guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. One. Yeah. And Brian can have mine. Um, and then uh, Rod is pretty awesome. He chimes in. He says, please tell me you're getting Brian J. Godsell on this episode. And guess what? Nope. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We did not. <laughs> we got his stunt double. Who's that? <laughs> But uh, don't forget, uh, you can leave us a voicemail. Oh, just like this guy did. Hey, guys, it's Brett from Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe. Uh, killer furniture this week. Uh, I've got to say, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys are already doing it on this episode, but, man, Killer Sofa was a ton of fun. You guys did a watch <laughs> party for it probably like a year or so ago uh, during uh, during the lockdown. And uh man, we had a we had a killer night that night. Um and then uh I'd also throw in I don't know if this one counts, but uh I think one of the Amityville horrors, maybe the third one, didn't it have like a killer lamp in it or something? Close. Something crazy like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanna I I wanna say there was a killer lamp in the third one. Anyways, uh, that's enough rambling from me. <laughs> Take care, guys. Hey, thanks, Brett. That's attack of Brett. Amityville went down a very oh. interesting road. You know, once they left the house, then it was then it was like there was <laughs> the lamp, then there was a clock, then there was a mirror, a dollhouse. Oh yeah, I forgot about oh, the dollhouse one. Well, can you just like use the name Amityville? Is it just free to use? Because oh yeah, there's a lot of like not related movies that just throw that title in to, to cash in. Amityville Rowboat. You don't even want to know, dude. I'm actually writing something. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, when I looked on, what was it, on Tubi and on Shudder, I went to Tubi first and typed in Amityville, oh, and there geez. was like 30 movies. 
Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. There's like two a year that come out. Shark Attack. Yeah. I was like, what? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Amityville using the name, it's it's public domain. So that's why there are so many Amityville mm. movies. Well, all right. Think this episode has bad movies. We can tell all, that one. Oh, I know. I know. And they're all canon. <laughs> Ugh. So, yes, you, like Attacker Brett, can leave us a voicemail. To, we'll play your sexy voice on the show. You can call us at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail. Be on the show. Hang out with us. And that is shout-outs. Thank you, Jason. You're welcome, Mike. Wikipedia defines acting as an activity in which a story is told by means of its enactment by an actor or an actress who adopts a character in theater, television, film, radio, or other medium. I don't know how to define what you're going to hear next. Here's recasting with Christian Slater. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another episode of Recasting with Christian Slater. Whether eloquence and talent are neck and neck with a Tara Reed Shakespeare performance. This week we are continuizing, continuing our bastardizing of filmmaker Paul Verhoeven with the 1990 sci-fi classic Total Recall. Let's get this over with, shall we? Reading for the role of the governor of Mars, Velos Cohagen, and the leader of a worldwide terrorist organization, Cobra, is, of course, Cobra Commander. Yes! I've always admired his zeal and unquenchable thirst for power! Bravo! You really are keen on choosing such a fine leader like myself to read for such a role! Right, I'm just so happy in my work. Cokeheads, certifiable maniacs, and talking mammals. Reading for the role of our hero, Douglas Quaid, is the aforementioned mammal, Bullwinkle Moose. Why, thank you, Christian. You know that I saw this in the theater when it came out. Really? Why, yes, I had to leave early, though. You see, I was in rut when this was released. I saw the mutant girl with three boobs, and I pretty much buttered my popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, Moving on. Playing the role of Quaid's wife, Lori, is series mainstay and my favorite curmudgeon, Don Knotts. How are you, Donnie? Oh, horse shit! <laughs> you got me playing this Sharon Stone broad again? Is that, all I, is that all you think I'm good for? Besides, do you really believe she'd let Arnie hit that anyway? Have you seen that housekeeper he was with? Jesus Christ! Okay, that's completely off subject, but if you want to read for the dole, role of Dr. Edgemar, that's cool with me. So who the hell am I going to read for then? (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Busey. Gary, you're going to need to be sharing for this episode and not Dr. Edgemar. Oh, there's this one time I was hosting Saturday Night Live. I was backstage, right? And John Belushi was doing coke and throwing up. Gilda Radner was cleaning the stove and throwing up. Gary, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? You told me to be sharing. Not. (laughs) Fuck. Not sharing. Sharon. Read the role of Laurie, played by Sharon Stone. Nots will read the doctor, and you clearly need more than one. If one doctor treated you, he'd be in a padded room licking the fucking walls. Well, I already know what those walls taste like. (laughs) (laughs) What do they taste like? God damn it, Nats. Oh, please. Bullsy gets to talk about moose jizz and you read Busey the Riot Act? What the fuck, man? Can we maybe not mention large mammal ejaculate for the rate for the remainder of the show? Fine! I can't make that promise. Every fucking show, I swear to God. Can we get started, please? Interior, Hilton, Clade's room, day, late. Hit. Quaid lies forlorn on his bed in the dark, staring at the TV, but not really watching. The blue light of the television flickers against the somber red of the setting sun. On TV, Cohagen delivers a speech from his office. This afternoon at 4.30, I signed an order declaring martial law throughout the Mars Federal Colony. I will not tolerate any further damage to our mineral export operations. Mr. Kawato and his terrorists must understand that their self-defeating efforts will only bring misery and suffering to the people of Mars. Quaid turns off the TV and stares at the ceiling. He is startled at the knock at the door. Quaid sits up slowly, on alert. Mr. Quaid? Quaid picks up his gun. What? I need to talk to you about Mr. Hauser. Quaid cocks his gun and approaches the door very cautiously from the side. Who are you? Dr. Edgemar from Raycall. How did you find me? It's difficult to explain. Could you open the doors, please? I'm not armed. All of a sudden, Quaid flings open the door, takes hair trigger aim at Dr. Edgemar from the recall commercial. He dresses in the same tweed jacket. Quaid keeps the gun on Edgemar and glances him up and down the hall. Don't worry, I'm alone. May I come in? Quaid roughly pulls Edgemar into the hotel room and closes the door. He frisks Edgemar and finds no weapon. What do you want? This is going to be very difficult for you to accept, Mr. Quaid. I'm listening. I'm afraid you're not really standing here right now. Quaid can't help but repress a chuckle. You know, Doc, you could have fooled me. I'm quite serious. You're not here, and neither am I. Quaid squeezes Edgemar's shoulder, verifying its solidarity. Amazing! Where are we? At recall! Quaid's cockiness wavers. You're strapped into an implant chair, and I'm monitoring you at the Psychoprobe Council! Oh, I get it, I'm dreaming! And this is all part of the delightful vacation your company sold me! Not exactly! 
What you're experiencing is a free-form delusion based on your memory tapes, but you're inventing it yourself as you go along. Well, if this is my delusion, who the hell invited you? I've been artificially implanted as an emergency measure. I'm sorry to tell you this, Mr. Quaid, but you suffered a schizoid embolism. We can't snap you out of your fantasy. I've been sent in to try to talk you down. How much is Cohagen paying you for this? Think about it. Your dream started in the middle of the implant procedure. Everything after that. The chases, the trip to Mars, your suite at the Hilton. These are all elements of your recall holiday and ego trip. You paid to be a secret agent. Bullshit. It's coincidence. What about the girl, brunette, athletic, sleazy, and a mirror, just as you specified? Is that a coincidence? She's real. I dreamed about her before I even went to recall. Mr. Quaid, can you hear yourself? She's real because you dreamed her? That's right. Edgemore sighs discourage. Maybe this will convince you. Would you mind opening the door? Quaid jabs a gun into Edgemore's ribs. You open it. No need to be rude. I'll do it. Quaid shadows Egmar as he opens the door. Lori stands in the threshold. Quaid does his best to absorb another shock. Lori puts on a brave face, brave face, like holding back her tears in front of a sick child. There is not the slightest indication that she has been anything but Quaid's adoring wife. Sweetheart. Come in, Mrs. Quaid. Lori walks hesitantly. Quaid pulls her to... Pulls her to him and roughly frisks her. I suppose you're not here either. I'm here at recall. Wade laughs and roughly pushes her away. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why you tried to kill me. No. I'd never do anything to hurt you. I want you to come back to me. Bullshit. Lori's heart is breaking, but it Quaid's as cold as ice. What's bullshit, Mr. Quaid? That you're having a paranoid episode? A cure, a triggered by acute neurochemical trauma? Or that you're really an invincible secret agent from Mars who's a victim of an interplanetary conspiracy to make him think he's a lowly construction worker? Quaid's certainty is undermined. Edgemar looks at him with great sympathy and kindness. Stop punishing yourself, Doug. You're a fine, upstanding man. You have a beautiful wife that loves you. I do. Lori beams at him with pure affection. Your whole life is ahead of you, but you've got to want to return to reality. Quaid is half convinced, but doesn't want to show it. Suppose I do. Then what? Swallow this. Edgemore opens his hand, revealing a small pill. What is it? It's a sim <laughs> It's a symbol of your desire to return to reality. Inside your dream you'll fall asleep. Wade picks up the pill and examines it. Alright, let's say you're telling the truth, and this is all a dream. Realizing something, Quaid raises his gun to Edgemar's head. Then I could pull this trigger and it won't matter. Doug, don't. Edgemar remains prenaturally calm. His eyes and voice express unselfish concern for Quaid. It won't make the slightest difference to me, Doug, but the consequences to you would be devastating. In your mind, I'll be dead and no one to guide you out. You'll be stuck in permanent psychosis. 
Doug, let Dr. Edgemore help you. Bringing around the trigger, Quaid is torn with doubt. The walls of reality will come crashing down. One minute you'll be the sample of the rebel cause, the next thing you'll know, you'll be Cohagen's bosom buddy. You'll even have ridiculous fantasies about alien civilizations as you requested, but in the end, back on Earth, you'll be lobotomized. I'll just stay on Mars and then you won't have to get sodomized. Problem solved. <laughs> lobotomized, you idiot. Not sodomized. What's the difference? The, the, the difference is a hole in your head and a hole in your ass. I knew I got those addresses mixed up. <laughs> Can we hear this story, Slater? No. <laughs> I can read. Let's see. Quaid becomes totally demoralized. Oh. So get a grip on yourself, Doug, and put down that gun. Edgemar stares hard. Quaid hesitantly lowers the gun. Good. Now take the pill and put it in your mouth. Quaid puts the pills in a pill in his mouth. Swallow it. Can you say that again, Donnie? Follow <laughs> <laughs> it? Unfucking believable. Yeah, but like two times fast. <laughs> Swallow it! Swallow it! <laughs> I like it! <laughs> Can we finish, please? <laughs> That's basically what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> the script, you dickhead. <laughs> Quaid hesitates. Edgemar and Lori watch with great anticipation. <laughs> Go ahead, sweetheart. <laughs> Quaid is racked with indecision. Then he sees a single drop of sweat trickle down Edgemar's brow. Abruptly, he swings his gun at Edgemar and fires. Edgemar's blood splatters in a dense circle on the wall. Quaid spits the pill out onto Edgemar's bloodstained body. Now you've done it. Now you've done it. Boom. The blood stain explodes, blasting Quaid's backward through the air. Four Mars agents storm through the big hole. <sighs> Thankfully, this ends another episode of recasting with Christian Slater. Do yourself a favor and try to forget everything you've heard here tonight. <laughs> And if you have total recall of this experience, I'm truly sorry. Swallow it! <laughs> I don't know what's more disturbing. <laughs> Hearing Bullwinkle say buttered my popcorn or Don not saying moose jizz. I don't I don't know. It's traumatizing. It is. I'm traumatized. I can't do this. I'm gonna try anyway. Movies featuring an African American hairstylist who fights the mafia, a satanic high school janitor, the lawnmower killer, and of course, totally awesome video games. I can only be talking about one man's filmography. That man, of course, is Graydon Clark. Graydon oh, Clark yeah. was born February 7th, 1943 in Niles, Michigan. He supported himself as a door-to-door -door salesman prior to becoming a, a film director and getting into the movie business. 
He started out his cinematic career as an actor in several enjoyably lowbrow exploitation films by legendary Insane's Picks director Al Adamson. He got his start working for Adamson with his memorable offbeat performance as the wacky, drugged-out biker Acid in the outrageous and sleazy Satan's Sadists in 1969. His collaboration with Al Adamson continued when he also appeared in Hell's Bloody Devils in 1970 and the classic Dracula vs. Frankenstein in 1971. Clark quickly moved to being a director himself, uh, he had directed an entertainingly diverse array of pleasingly low-brow, low-budget drive-in pictures and straight-to-video offerings from the early 70s all the way through the late 90s. He got his big break in black ex- exploitation films with the movie Tom in 1973 and Black Shampoo in 1976. His first attempt at horror was Satan's Cheerleaders in 1977. Now, Satan's Cheerleaders is a horror comedy about the high school janitor who is who kidnaps the cheerleading squad and uses uses them for his coven's satanic rituals. However, unbeknownst to the cult, one of the cheerleaders is actually a witch and has plans of her own for the Satan worshippers. After a couple films in, in different genres, to finish out the 1970s, he returned to horror with the much serious film Without Warning. But Graydon can't help himself from adding comedy to his horror with his next film, the slasher spoof Wacko in 1982, a film which features such people as Jodon Baker, Stella Stevens, George Kennedy, Julia Duffy, E.G. Daly, Andrew Dice Clay, and Charles Napier. One of my favorite films of Graydon Clark's uh, filmography isn't a horror movie, but the gross-out teen sex comedy Joysticks in 1983. (laughs) Out of his whole filmography, the one movie of Clark's that will go down in Insane's Picks history, though, is the film about a mutant demon cat that lives inside another cat. This monstrous cat climbs out of the mouth of the normal cat and goes around meowing for for the whole movie and killing people on a toy boat. I am talking about the meowrific film Uninvited in 1993. Not only does he have an impressive career as a director, he often would write, produce his own films, and often plays small roles in them as well. <clears throat> He wrote the script and pops up in minor role and minor parts in the fun supernatural revenge opus 1970 or uh, psycho psychotic killer in 1975. He would often work with a lot of the same actors, Joe Don Baker, who was in joysticks and wacko, but was also in final justice, George Kennedy, who was in wacko and also in uninvited. Uh, he even even his own wife Jacqueline Cole would often perform in Graydon's films. Jacqueline and Graydon met on the set of Al Adamson's film Satan's Sadists. Jacqueline was always really supportive of of Clark's film career, <clears throat> so much so that while she was pregnant, she allowed Graydon to put a second mortgage on their house so he can produce a film. Sadly, his wife Jacqueline passed away in 2003. Graydon stopped making movies in the late 1990s, 
Luckily, he's still with us, and maybe someday we can get him to return to filmmaking to give us at least one more cinematic treasure. What type of film would that be? That's a complete mystery. But it would definitely be something outside the norm, which would totally fall into Insane's Picks. So for this episode of Insane's Picks Hall of Fame, we induct writer, director, actor, producer, Graydon Clark. And that is all for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Thank you all for listening to the show, and a special thanks to the attackers who support the show and make it happen. And also a very special thanks to our guest attacker on the show, Brian Godsill. Thank you. Dude, you Thank did you it. guys for having me. No, thanks for being on, buddy. Yeah. yeah, so what you guys don't even know, but Godsill's uh, Twitter famous. Where where can people find you on the onlines? You mean my personal Twitter's famous or uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm not famous. <laughs> so you can find me uh you can find my podcast on Facebook and Instagram, uh Twitter, um I like a spooky podcast. Um you can find my personal Twitter at uh just my name Brian J Gotzel and come and hang out with Tad and I as we uh live tweet Joe Bob every episode and Heck yeah. Yeah. No. We have a good time at the last drive-in, Tad and I. Yes. Yes. The- Waiting for the new season announcement. Come on. Get with oh, it. Oh, yeah. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Well, thanks again, Brian, for being on. This was yeah. awesome finally having you on the show. Had a good time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You guys are the, the reason I got into podcasting. I mean, it all started... Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I started listening to the podcast, and uh, you guys were going to be at Midwest Monster Fest, and I had a night shift job with some time on my hands, and <laughs> I become a a listener, then an attacker, and I feel like we're friends. I mean, absolutely, Heck yeah. Uh, we've had dinner together and hung out at conventions and toy shows, and you know, I've been to Halloween of Palooza and the Capitol, and uh, Andy's mailed me stuff and I've mailed him <laughs> stuff. And, uh, You're part of the distance. family. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely going to keep supporting till the, the day my uh, bank account's empty after my kids <laughs> take all my money <laughs> and movies. <laughs> and Thanks, we can finally stop listening to you suggest this topic. So Thank you got that. There so we go. <laughs> stop calling in for the love of God. <laughs> Can so, we do a part two? No. no. <laughs> Click. <laughs> All right. So until next time, when you're out shopping for furniture and you're looking at different stools, don't just settle for any old piece of crap. Bye-bye, everybody. Oh, oh no. Could this be the end of? <laughs> wow. Tag of the killer.